Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Schaefer here with the PMB, Pastor yes. Matt Brown. And we also have our Sandals TV online campus lead, Nick Avaya, What's joining up, us today. Yeah. You're kind of a technology like guru. Yeah. A nerd. Yeah. Nerd. Can I, so I want to ask you a question since like I employ you. Why is it when I ask Alexa, not Alexa, I don't have Alexa, I have Siri. Why is that might be a problem? Mm. Why is it when I ask Syria to play the Eagles, the best of the Eagles, she consistently plays the best of the Wiggles? <laughs> Maybe she's making a yeah, suggestion all, for you. I just want all of our listeners to ask Siri to play the best of the Eagles and then tell me if any of you get her to play the Eagles because I literally just get the Wiggles. So one of that's just based on how many people are using Siri to ask for yeah. the Wiggles versus the Eagles. Yeah, it sounds like Teletubbies to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my, is it, is my wife is texting me because she forgets what I do for a living and where I am. So let me turn my phone off. So see, that's another thing that you could have helped me with pre-show. Yeah. You want? Yeah, thank you. There we go. Just shut that off. I'm a good call. Turn it off. Here we go. One time, on one time folks, when, when, cell phones, on do not when cell phones first came out, I was preaching mid-sermon and my phone rang and it was my wife. Did you answer it? <laughs> I don't think I knew how to turn it off then. And then one time we were on, um, oh shoot, I can't remember if it was Jay Leno. I can't remember what it was. One of the shows that was filmed in LA mm-hmm. and Tammy's phone went off and they almost kicked us out. Oh yeah. yeah I think I'm it surprised was, they don't confiscate them. I think it was Jay Leno when he was interviewing, um, who's the guy, Magnum PI, what's his name? Real oh, name. Oh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. His mom had just died. It was like the serious oh. like part oh. in the show. And so tell me, Tom, how was it when you lost your mother? And then you hear, bling, 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 and it was my wife's phone. Security oh, was no. all over us and it was, it was rough. And they told us like a thousand times, turn your phones off. Oh yeah. But in like 06, 07, people were like just a little yeah. slow with that. Yeah. Playing a little loose. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they would probably confiscate phones now. Like there's no way. Yeah. I don't know. People to take their phones in. They do that at concerts now. Yeah. Like they have some concerts where you actually like mm-hmm. check your phone in, put a little like locked back. Yeah. They did that when we visited the white house, but somehow my wife got her phone through. I believe it's because she's pretty and blonde. <laughs> I, I, however, could barely get into the White House because remember my ID, my ID, I used to have the long oh, hair man. and they didn't look anything like me. And so what do you call it? Uh, not so, social services, uh, the secret, service. secret service. Yeah. Different group that provides service. Uh, they uh, were not very nice to me, mm-hmm. but Tammy got right through. Yeah. That's how it is in the Trump White House. Blondes, right through. <laughs> right through. <laughs> right through. All right. Well, let's go and move on to the episode before we uh, get flagged by oh, yeah. government right now. Right. Um. So, Pastor Matt, you uh, were back up on the podcast yes. this weekend. We're going through a series right now called Invited, which is all about what we do as a church, why we yeah. do it. Um, and you laid out actually some pretty specific expectations for Christians and people who attend Sandals Church, right. um, namely giving up time to gather with the church, inviting people to church, and giving to the mm-hmm. church. Uh, can you talk about why those specific things made the list of why we do or what we do when we're here? Yeah. So, and for those of you who don't know, I, 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 what I do is I try to let the text drive the sermon. And so whenever we were talking about the series invited, Luke 14 has to come up because it's all, I mean, you see the word invited, invited. I mean, it's over and over and over again. So I can't imagine anyone having a sermon series called invited and neglecting Luke 14. Um, so Luke 14 is a challenging passage. So w- when you go to Bible school, it's called seminary. One of the things they teach you about parables is there's usually one point. There's one point in the parable and you want to make sure that you get that right. Otherwise you miss the whole point. This is one of those stories where that, that just doesn't work because there's so many points. And I I omitted 12 verses 
I mean, there's there's things about, I mean, he talks about when you go to the party, make sure you don't sit in the best seats because it's embarrassing if you have to get moved down, you would rather get moved up. I mean, Jesus has a lot of social wisdom there. It's just, it's just really interesting. And um, it, it's a great passage, but specifically, I think Jesus is inviting us. And so there's a transition that takes place when the man says, blessed is anyone who eats in the kingdom of God. That is a transition from the, the party that we're talking about to eternity. And, and, and in that shift, he's inviting us to do three things. He talks about how we throw a party, why we throw a party, and then the goal of the party is to, is to get as many people in as possible. And so, you know, the first give is just give time to gathering. So in this story, three people make up excuses. They're all lame. They're all terrible. And most people, I mean, I just would challenge our listeners. When you, when you tell God no, I would just take a step back and say, would I accept this excuse from somebody else? Would I accept it from my kids? Would I accept it from an employee? Would I accept it from in, anyone in my life? And usually we give God the absolute lamest excuses possible because there's something about mo- modernity, I guess, where people just think God understands. And what this story says is it just makes God mad. And that's really hard for us to understand which is bizarre because one of the things we've divorced from God is his personhood. Like we've made God this sterile thing and he, he doesn't actually have emotions. He doesn't have feelings. He never writes wrongs. And, and when, you, when you read the Bible, so um, like I love, I love Bob Goff and, and, and he's great. He says, the Bible's all about God's love. Well, yes, but the Bible's really all about the day of judgment. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is moving towards this thing called judgment. The beauty of the New Testament is that God is loving and he's giving us an opportunity to avoid that judgment. Uh, so God is both loving and just. God is both uh, good and righteous, holy. And, and so we don't just love God, but we must fear God. And so a lot of people, we just, we just make all these excuses and we say God understands. And, and, you know, judgment day is going to be long. Like specifically, Nick, you know, Tammy and I went to... Um, some some pretty, I don't know if you would call them famous because nobody knows them, but they're counselors who deal specifically with uh, famous Christians. And so Tammy and I went to meet with these um, two counselors and we had them here at Sandals. Were you here for that, Rich and Jim? I don't believe so. No. Okay, so you just missed, you were here for them. Mm-hmm. And they were a little confused as to why we came to see them because our story, like I wasn't having an affair, you know, I, I wasn't an addict, you know, Tammy wasn't, you know, cheating on me with somebody in the church and they're just like, why are you guys here again? And we're like, because we want our lives better. And so then I was like, well, what usually happens when pastors come to meet with you? And he just said, let's just say this. When Jesus Christ returns, a lot of people are expecting a hug. He said, there's going to be a reckoning. Wow. Mm. Because we have all these Christian celebrities who are, are living A, on Instagram, on internet, and then B is really happening. It's the complete opposite. And he just said, the Lord Jesus is going to come back. And that's why the Bible says judgment begins with the house of God. And so we just have to we just have to take God seriously. And so we need to we need to work at giving God our time. And here's the thing is, is I, I see parents all the time. They are devoted to soccer, they are devoted to baseball. Uh, m- many of them worship it. I mean, that's their thing. And you'll drop anything to go to CrossFit, you'll drop anything to go to softball, you'll drop anything to go to sports. And oftentimes what you're dropping is God. Mm-hmm. And you just have to make that decision. Um, like for example, if you want to serve God as a staff member, your weekends are toast. Like that, that's just, if you're going to serve God full time, you just have to bury your weekends, which I actually don't think it's that bad. Like I went snowboarding yesterday. There was nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, when everybody's doing fun things on the weekends, I'm, I'm doing the church thing. That's just 
the reality of my life. And so what, what I, I think staff members have to surrender the most of all of their weekends. If you're a Christian, you have to surrender a part of your weekend. And so I would say it's handles either on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, or, and we have now Saturday night services, make that a priority and gather with us because we worship a gathering God who's called us to gather. And I don't think many people have ever thought about the statement, those who are not with us are against us. Those who do not gather scatter. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's very offensive. I mean, Jesus is offended by those who do not gather. And that's why I put in Psalms that says, gather to me, my faithful ones. That's a command. Mm-hmm. Bring them together for the pers- purpose of worship and connection. And so many Christians just think that that's kind of like a suggestion. And God doesn't, I mean, I can think of like one, one specific suggestion uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says, I'm not sure what the Lord says upon uh, says about this, but here's what I think. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and I think I'm good. It's a suggestion. Commandments are in the Bible for a reason, and they're not things that you pray. They're not called pray abouts. They're called, you know, be obedient. And so the Lord says that over and over again, I, I want obedience, not sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to go through this ritual. I want you to actually be obedient to what I've called you to do. And so so the first thing is gather. The second thing is, is to give time to inviting friends. And we don't think about that. The whole parable is go out into the streets, find people who are needy, find the ignored, find the disenfranchised, find all those people, invite them, and then there's still room. So go out in the highways and in the hedges. What he's saying is, is go out and look. Look beyond your, your, your normal sphere. And, and that's what you have to do. And so many of us, like we keep inviting the same person over and over again, like our husband or our wife or our kids. And that's the one person. And it's like, okay, so your relative, your friend, your neighbor is saying, no, who's in the hedge? Who's on the highway? Who are you ignoring? Because you really only care about the people you care about. Who are the people that God cares about that you're missing? that you're not inviting. And, uh, you know, I've told this story. Nick probably hasn't heard this, but I'm sure you've heard it 10 times. When we first started Sounds Church, we bought a new house, couple next to it, to us, uh, white couple, same age, um, you know, married for the same amount of time. I thought, oh Lord, okay, we're gonna invite them mm-hmm. to our church. Couple next door, much older African-American man married to a Hispanic woman. She barely spoke English. Well, I'm not gonna invite them because I don't speak Spanish. And I think he goes to black church, which is very different than Sandals. And I totally just, kind of just wrote them off. And I thought, well, that's, they're not like me, so I'm not gonna invite them. And I'll never forget the day that she came over uh, and her name was Maria. She came over and she asked if I would come over and pray for her husband that I didn't know was dying of cancer. He was in stage four cancer. And she said she had been praying for me because she found out I was a pastor that I would come over and pray with her husband. So see, that was my hedge, that was my highway. And it was right next door, but I wasn't paying attention Mm -hmm. because I thought Sandals was young and we're gonna reach, you know, uh, people like me. And it just really, really slammed me. And I got the opportunity to pray with him and then he died. And then Maria attended our church 10 years before she eventually moved to be with her family in another state. Hmm. I mean, volunteered here, was just one of our, our greatest volunteers and one of our greatest people. And it was because I wasn't paying attention. And so I think a lot of us just gotta wake up and say, okay, who am I missing? Mm -hmm. Who am I missing? God's okay with the no's, but who haven't you given the opportunity to say no to? And so think about that. And and Nick, you know, here's the huge thing for me is invite them to watch online. Mm -hmm. Like they don't even have to come to church. I mean, what, what percentage would you say of people that check us out online first before they attend? Do you even know or? Yeah, that's, that's a good percentage of uh, first time visitors are going to go to online first. So I'm, you know, 15 to 20% of our audience on a weekend is probably somebody who's checking us out for the first time. Right. That's cool. So invite them, invite them, you know, download the app. It's free. I mean, that's what I was saying this weekend is everything we're doing here, we're trying to make it free. We're trying to take away all the excuses 
Uh, and it's interesting in the party, Jesus isn't charging. The party's free. The banquet's free. All they have to do is show up. And yet people can't even do that when it comes to God. And I think it's just a real spiritual truth, man. We put God last, even though we've said he's first. And we lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's terrible. So invite your friends uh, online. Invite them to listen to the debrief. Man, I get great questions on the debrief from people who don't even go to our church. They're checking us out. They have a question. Man, fire it in and just tell them, yeah, our pastor will answer your question. Send it in. Um, that's great. You don't have to go to Sandals to, to send in a question. And uh, some of our best questions, I think, come from people yeah. who don't see things the way that we do. And then the last one is, you know, give financially to, to get people into the banquet. And ultimately, Luke 14 transitions from this awkward party where, you know, people are just kind of staring at Jesus, looking for him to make a mistake. And ultimately turns into, look, here's God's heart. He's inviting everybody to come in, but people that say no, don't get in. And I can tell you, my wife and I were talking about this last night. A lot of people believe they'll change over time. I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed with someone on their deathbed and they don't change. Mm. I would say the, the, the exception is that people accept Christ on their deathbed. The rule is they don't. If you were not a generous person, guess what? On your deathbed, you're you're not. I, I it blows my mind. I have prayed with with people with substantial means on their deathbed, still holding tight to money they can't hold on to anymore. Hmm. Just just greedy and self centered to the very end. I mean, it blows my mind. Unrepentant, just totally self confident. And I mean, I'm just sitting there going, I don't think you're ready. And I've, I've had those conversations and, you know, is there anything you need to repent? And I, and I know there's stuff and people are just lying right to my face. And I'm just like, man, to the very end, they care more about what I think than what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, years ago, there was this, uh, who's the actor that plays uh, the elf in Lord of the Rings? And he plays the the, the cute love interest in the, um, oh man, the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy oh, orlando bloom orlando bloom so one of his movies I, th- I think doesn't get a lot of attention he plays a knight uh defending jerusalem and when his father dies it's just this powerful profound thing his father's dying and instead of everybody crying and everybody weeping the priest comes in and says are you ready to meet the lord he says prepare your soul to meet almighty god and they confess they go through a confession together you just don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just foreign to us. We're, we're again, we f- we are afraid of death. We're not afraid of judgment. And that is, man, Jesus just says, you just have no idea. And, um, you know, we want grace, but we don't want accountability. And the truth is even Christians, we get both. We have mm-hmm. grace, but we're also going to be held accountable. And so we need to think about that. So give financially. And so, you know, uh, I mean, part of the reason we we talked about this, and I'm going to give some of these stats this next weekend in church. There's about 11,200 people who gave financially to Sandals Church this year. And that's great. I mean, right. That's, I mean, think about that. People that freely gave and that's anywhere from $1 to a lot. I mean, we have people that are very, very generous. And so, and I don't know that it's as low as $1. That's a, I don't know what the lowest amount that was given over a period of a year. But it goes from small to greater, but that represents only about 46% or or 40, excuse me, 44% of our church Mm -hmm. that comes on a regular basis. So 56% of the people that come on a regular basis don't give. So think about that. More than half aren't giving anything. Mm -hmm. And so what that tells you is there's a lot of people that have all kinds of reasons. I don't know what they are, but they don't feel compelled yet to give financially. 
And I just would, my hope is that we, we move that number in the other way. And so that's pretty true of serving, mm-hmm. getting in community groups. We, and what I'm just challenging you to do is, is as you gather, as you invite, start to give and start to press into, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to move from somebody that just watches to somebody that participates. And that's what God's inviting us to. He's not inviting us to watch a show. He's, he's inviting us to change souls mm-hmm. and, and transfer souls. And so we need to do that. And I think that we come up with all kinds of excuses why we can't, and we all have different levels of means, um, but we can all do something. Uh, we can all do something. And even if you find yourself in, in a position where you can't do anything financially, then I would just say, figure out ways to serve, mm-hmm. figure out ways to be involved. Nobody in our church needs to watch more TV. That Nobody, nobody needs more Netflix time. It, it's just not true. Stop lying to yourself. Um, you know, we binge content like you just can't even imagine. And so we have time. So so try to, try to make time and try to do that. And so that's why I picked the three things. And I, I think it's a fair assessment of the text. And, yeah. you know, I stand by my sermon. So you spoke a lot and you've been talking about the like importance to, to gather, to give up your weekends. Nick, you lead our online campus and we have a lot of people who connect with Sandals Church online. I imagine a lot of our de- debrief listeners are folks who can't necessarily make right. it to a Sandals Church campus. So what does that look like for folks who maybe are connected with a church online, Sandals Church or another church? What does that look like for them to step in and be engaged with the church? Yeah, the best option is to uh, be in community with other people, to find somebody to watch with you. Like if you know, you're more likely to to stick around if you have a friend watching with you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, inviting people to your house, starting a group. Those are always the best options uh, to get people, you know, to 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 watch and to stay involved. So that's that's what we do. The, the other thing about Sandals Church is we understand we live in a hyper-connected society. And uh, so what we do is we try to create content, but that content always needs to lead to community. Mm-hmm. We believe that the vision is best face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So people who just watch by themselves and don't interact and who aren't giving, who aren't in community, they get like the, it's almost like the bottom tier of what Sandals Church has to offer its vision but it's not the vision being practiced. Right. Uh, it's best to get in community and then to start to practice that vision. You talk about change and I feel the the most I've changed is when people have confronted me. Mm. They look at me and say, you've sinned against me or you've hurt my feelings or you've done something. Right. And and there's that relational tension that's good sometimes that, you know, that guilt is good sometimes. It drives me to be better. So for our online audience, I would say 100% it's, it's community. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, here's the thing is, is nothing on, I mean, nothing that we're watching, movies, television, none of it's real, even reality. TV and stuff is scripted and, and, and so it's just not real. And so where in your life are you getting real connection, real conversation, and you're dealing with real issues? And I mean, th- I think that's a big part of, you know, people talk about, well, America is more divided than ever. I well, the thing is we're more isolated than ever. And so we're not interacting, we're not connecting. And, uh, you know, my daughter was, um, talking to me, she says, dad, I want to join LA fitness. And I just said, well, you need to know no one's nice at LA fitness. So <laughs> like, if you're, if you're looking for, you know, community, I said, that's not the gym for you. And that's part of the reason I go, cause I'm trying to get in and get out. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I suggested some other places, you know, like if you want connection, cause the truth is if you want to start working out and you're serious about it, you need to do it in community. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you were going to go to the gym by yourself, you would have done it. And so people and relationships help us. And so that's what, um, you know, the, here's how it works. You know, people are like, well, I don't understand why we discuss the questions because you're more likely to listen to the sermon if you know you have to dis- dis- discuss the questions. Like, I don't want to discuss something I haven't listened to. Now, some yeah. people do that. I think it's weird. <laughs> um, 
and then I'm more likely to serve if I if I if I'm connected and I'm going. I mean, all of those things work together. And here's the thing: if you attend, if you if you serve, and you're in your community group, guess what? You're more likely to give. So the more people press into community, giving skyrockets. The people Absolutely. that just pop in and attend, they don't, they don't, they don't give. Mm-hmm. That that's just the reality. And so we know that if you attend on a regular basis, if you serve, and if you're in your community group, you're like ten times more likely to give financially, which is bizarre because you're the one receiving all of these things. Yep. So. Yeah. Relationally, when we, when we talk about being isolated, a lot of times when we watch content, uh, we watch like hyper dramas. My wife is big into these hyper dramas that right. you know just move her emotionally. And the thing is. Sometimes I have a problem with that. Some, you know, we talk about this constantly right. is that you're experiencing these emotions from a television screen. It's not real in any way, shape or form. These emotions are, you know, they're manufactured, mm-hmm. but you're not actually experiencing that with other people, right. with your family. And so that's a way that isolation, like it keeps us, we think we feel safe. We're experiencing these emotions, but it doesn't lead to anything. It's just emotion mm-hmm. for emotion's sake right. or excitement for excitement's sake. I think that community, it starts to drive us to be better people. And that's why it's, that's why isolation just doesn't work. And that's yeah. why our mm-hmm. society is so sad because we, we feel these emotions, but yet we're so isolated and we need that connection piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like drama on TV because I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm full. Like I got it. <laughs> like I'm, I manage a church of 20,000 people. Like I'm good. Like I don't need any more drama. I don't need any more people upset. I don't need any more people offended. <laughs> you know, like every time I look at my text messages or my emails, I'm like, here we go. You know, and it's just like, what did, you know, what did Pastor Matt say today? And it's just like, and sometimes, you know, I say stupid stuff. That happens. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so I want to dig in a little bit more into the topic of giving because you kind of um, started talking about um, some people give. And sometimes that term just giving can be pretty subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk about other than like you talked about this weekend, praying about what we should give. Sandals Church doesn't have like a menu of options or a charge for things. Um, What are some good guidelines or expectations that maybe the Bible lays out about how we should go about giving? Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to talk about this next weekend in church. And so be praying for, you know, that message, because I think um, we're going to look at the wise men and, and um, just what they did and how we can learn from just these amazing wise individuals who traveled so far and, and brought some, some specific gifts. And so um, what I'm going to talk about this next weekend is I think giving should be three things is number one, it should be cheerful. Like we should be excited to do it. Number two, I think it should be thoughtful. And I, I, I think that a lot of people miss that in, in what the wise men give and gave. And we're going to talk about this weekend. And I think it needs to be regular. So one of the big problems in our society and everybody's um, facing this. And so like the Salvation Army raises the mass, the, 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 the most of their money is raised in December mm-hmm. for the entire year. And so they budget all that. And that's why it's so sad. Like when Chick-fil-A is bailing on them and uh, people are protesting them and, you know, they get, they get a really bad rap because they, they're holding on to traditional uh, Christian values when it comes to marriage, which I don't think they should change. And they minister to gay people. I mean, gay people are homeless, gay people are drug addicted, gay people have problems, and they don't discriminate in any way in terms of who they help. And uh, matter of fact, Salvation Army said that they, they are the largest ministry to gay people in our country because many of our homeless people uh, are gay. And it, I thought that was interesting. I was like, wow. Um, so uh, it was just interesting to me. And so, so you know, unfortunately you know, the church can't operate that way. We can't just operate with, oh, I know I should give something at Christmas. But the truth is it helps us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sandals stacks our budget. And for those of you who don't know, 
Uh, we, we intentionally budget that November and December will be much larger than the rest of the months because that's our culture. Like mm-hmm. I, I can, I can, you know, rant and rave all day about that. But the reality is a lot of people look at their giving and they go, okay, well, we haven't given what we wanted to give this year, or they feel prompted to give and they remember the local church in November, in December. And so, you know, our giving months in December are about 40 to 50% higher than maybe what September would be or October would be. So there's a substantial amount that comes in. So I would just say, make it thoughtful, think about it. Uh, like, don't give us your used couch. Like you guys know, that's my pet peeve. Like if it's not good enough for your butt, why is it good enough for the Lord's? Um, I just, it just drives me crazy. Don't ever give God your second. Mm-hmm. Don't ever, ever do that. That's just, it's disgusting. Um, so, uh, you know, make it thoughtful, make it regular. Don't just give when you feel like it. There, there's no other organization that says, and that's why I was joking about the Lakers, you know, you know, give as you feel led. No, you paid a lot of money up front. There were, there were transaction fees involved mm-hmm. to get into that. And that always amazes me when I buy a ticket and it's like, oh, it's, it's $89. And then it's like one twenty-seven fifty after <laughs> all the fees. It just, it's just crazy. Um, you know, our world is even dishonest in that. Like Airbnb, it drives me crazy. Like, just tell me what the price is. Mm-hmm. D- don't, don't have the deposit and the cleaning oh, fee. Oh, jeez. So, you know, the churches, we're trying to be upfront about that. And, um, you know, we'll take whatever you give, but my prayer is that it would be thoughtful. It would be cheerful. Um, like, for example, you remember when we built the, the big auditorium at, at uh, Hunter Park, I just remember walking in and, you know, Tammy and I, that was a tough year for us. Our, our kid was getting ready to go to college and, and we really sacrificed and we said no to a lot of things uh, for ourselves but it meant so much to me when we walked in that room. I, mm-hmm. I just broke down in tears. Dan, Dan Zimbardi, our executive pastor, thought I was having an emotional breakdown. I just was so joyed mm-hmm. to know that I was a part of that. And I don't feel good about my house that way. I don't feel good about my cars that way. I don't even feel good about vacations. I, there's just something beautiful about knowing, man, I helped build this. Mm-hmm. Like me and a bunch of people, like we did this. And um, I, I just think that's an amazing thing. Not everybody has that desire to feel that. A lot of people, you know, just just want to get in and get out. And I think that that's just not the heart of God. And I just want to encourage you to think about three things. You know, God gave his one and only son. It's John three sixteen. Jesus gave his life. The spirit gives us a new heart and new power. We worship a God who gives, 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 gives. And if we sit in a church and I say, well, God gave me his son. Jesus gave me his life. The spirit gave me new power and a new heart, but I'm not going to give anything. I think that that's a, that's a theological problem. And, you know, you need to sit and reflect on that and think about that. And most of us don't think about the things that really matter because we're distracted with all the things that don't. Mm. And I think this is a, this is a good time. I was talking to um, one of, one of our biggest givers at, at Sandals Church. He may be the biggest giver and, and I don't know, but he told me, he said, I just need to get away and get some time to think and re- reprioritize my life. And he told me, he said, I'm going to set the goals for next year. And I just said, hey, let's get together and have some lunch. And I want to talk through what that process is. Here's a guy that's more successful financially than I'll ever be. And yet, you know, he's probably 10 years older than me and he's reevaluating his life every year. Okay, here, what am I going to give? What am I going to do? What's my focus? And he says, I need some time to get away to really think about that. And most of us, we, we just don't think about that. You know, Tammy and I, we made the mistake of going to Costco on uh, Sunday 
And oh, um, that should be a sin. my wife didn't, didn't want to go because she's like, we're going to run into all these people. And I'm like, no one's going to notice us. It's Sunday afternoon. We're in the parking lot and I hear screaming, Pastor Matt. I'm like, oh, you're right again. So we go in there and my wife just starts putting this stupid stuff in our cart. And I'm like, think about that. I'm like, think about Because in Costco, you got a lot of time to think, especially at mm-hmm. Christmas, you're going to be in line <laughs> till Jesus comes. Especially on a Sunday too. And so we were in line and mm-hmm. she took a couple things back and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's not worth a fight, but think about it. Think about it. Is that, is that what you need? And she's like, you don't want to shop for anything? Because the only thing I wanted was I needed um, uh, Pepsi AC because it's super cheap there. And uh, <laughs> I, I have, man, I, you guys can pray for me. I need to learn to sleep on my back. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm a belly sleeper. I have tried everything. If anybody has some techniques, email it to me. I, my wife makes fun of me. She says, when I wake up in the morning, it looks like I've wrestled the devil. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I just so terrible, but I'm a stomach sleeper. And so my acid burns my vocal cords and I need my voice. So anyways, we, that's what we went there for. And that's all I got. And she's just like, you don't want to look. And I'm like, no, no. Oh. I go so. to Costco as a pastime sometimes. Oh man. It's a free lunch too. Oh Yeah. I can't, I can't get do some it. snacks or get like a slice of pizza for a dollar. Oh, I can't, can't do pizza. it. Oh, can't do they it. are the 14th largest pizza chain. Somebody told me they're the first. Oh, 14th. 14th. Oh, yeah. somebody told me they sell more pizza than in like Pizza Hut or something. It was crazy. Yeah. It's, it's good pizza. It's crazy. Yeah. I had a friend of mine. He, um, he told me, uh, he had like this, like a dead body smell in his car and he couldn't figure out what it was. And he went and got his car detailed and they had gone to Costco and bought a pizza and he put it in the trunk. <gasps> And he said one of his boys left the pizza in and closed the trunk. And when he opened it, the pizza had completely turned into like foam, like foam mold. And it had eaten through the box, the foam, and it had eaten into the carpet. He said it was like a corpse. Like there was a corpse in the back, in the back of his trunk. I was dying laughing. Like only you guys, only the people that have kids know, like kids will stuff food everywhere. Like it drives me crazy. So that's homemade penicillin right there. Yeah. It's disgusting. Oh, All right, I don't even know if I answered that question. I think I think so. Yeah, you talked about, okay, yeah. you talked about expectations and what that looks like. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to go over that point this next week. So think about it, give it, give it regularly. Um, you know, and 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 have a good attitude about it, man. Because if you don't, if you don't want to give it, God doesn't want it. So mm. okay. Um, so you also talked about the need for us to invite others right. into God's kingdom, specifically also in a church. I imagine that can be sometimes harder, even more intimidating for people than giving money, I would yeah. imagine. So what are some good ways for folks who feel like that's impossible for them to get started? Both maybe people who intend in person and folks who are watching, you know, by themselves online. Here's what I would say is I would just try to specifically integrate into your life and conversations what happened at church. I, we talk about football games. We talk about the news. We talk about all kinds of things. We talk about our kids. We don't talk about, man, this weekend at church, it just really touched my heart. Well, what happened? Oh, the pastor talked about this. Just start doing things like that. I mean, what we do is we go cold turkey. We invite somebody to church. We've never talked about church. Mm -hmm. So wait a minute. You want me to go to a thing that you never talk about that's never a part of your life? Well, if you don't like it, why do I want to go? So think about things, you know, that touched your heart and share that with your friends. You know, this weekend at church, because here's what we'll say is, man, I really feel like God's telling me this. People's belief in God today is irrelevant. It means nothing. It means nothing because what people really mean is my idea of God that's totally divorced from scripture, which without scripture, we don't even know who God is or what God's about. So what they mean is my made up I pie in the sky idea of who God is. That's, that's just not helpful for anything. 
So say things like this, this weekend at church, and then you can even say this, well, the pastor was talking about scripture. Man, this really touched my heart because what you're saying inadvertently is two things. Number one, I believe in God, three things. I believe in God. Number two, I believe that God speaks at church. Number three, I believe God speaks at church through his word, through scripture. So you've just, right, put three things. And and Jesus lived in a day and age where people assumed all those things. We, we live in a world where people assume me and God are good regardless of what God's word says and I don't need church. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Like that's three strikes you're out. And so that's what the, the Luke 14 is saying is, man, not everybody who thinks they're good is good. And so what those people with excuses are really saying is I'm good because if they thought they weren't good, they'd go. I can go to the party anytime. And what God is saying is, is no, you can't. And here's the thing you guys need to know is God gives people, I believe, opportunities and moments throughout their life to receive him. I don't think it's a full court press every day. And so when God speaks, we need to compel people to answer the invitation. Uh, one of my favorite passages, John, uh, Revelation chapter three, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would let me in, I would sit down and eat with him and he with me. That's an invitation to a moment. But what we do is we make God this needy person that's just up in heaven all day long, trying to work around our schedule and our life, and he's just full court press inviting us. And I just think, man, there are moments where, you know, like this weekend, the star was in the sky. Everybody in, everybody in Jerusalem missed it. People in the East saw it. How come nobody in Jerusalem? Because they weren't looking for it. They totally missed it. They totally missed that moment. And so you don't want to miss that moment. And, you know, just other things, man, you know, when somebody shares something's difficult going on, hey, could I pray for you? And then say something like this, could I invite people at my church to pray for you? Ask, because then that, that that's connecting them. And, and I can't tell you how awesome it is when I've been praying for somebody and they show up at church and I go, oh man, I've been praying for you. I'm so glad you're here. Mm. I'm so glad you're here. You matter. And it's not fake. It's real. I've been praying for you, man. Uh, I'm excited for you. Uh, just this weekend, um, I got to meet somebody and uh, her and her husband have been separated for a year and a half. And I've been praying. I don't know who this guy is. And she's standing there and, and I'm talking to her kids. And here's the guy. Hmm. We've been praying for him and he's here. He's at church during a series called Invited. And I'm like, whoa, that's great. And so, uh, you know, I just said, hey, I'm, we're praying for you. And anything the church can do to help you, let, let us know. You don't know judgment. I'm like, you sinner. <laughs> you know, I didn't say any of that. It's just like, hey. We're here to come alongside and help you. And so I would just say that is think about ways to integrate your faith and try not to make it awkward or weird. Yeah, we have an online community on Facebook. It's called the uh, Sandals Church uh, Online Family. And uh, that's a place for people who, uh, you know, might be individuals that they can ask mm-hmm. for prayer. Um, they can join that group. And then, you know, we, we share the message uh, weekly there. And, you know, we just try to get people connected, make sure that they feel connected. Because I think that's a, a first step is, you know, letting somebody know you care for them, mm-hmm. can pray for them, and then and then they, they get connected. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, those are like really all the questions we had going over uh, this weekend's message. This is actually our last episode for 2019. Whoa. We're closing on the holidays real quick here. Um, we have some really great stuff planned for the rest of this year. So if you haven't made it out to Sandal Church campus or joined us at sandalschurch.tv on the weekend, make sure that you do. Um, and we also have something really, really great planned for Christmas Eve. That's going to be great both here in person and online at sandalschurch.tv. We're doing some really special stuff for anybody to join us anywhere and for you to invite folks. So is there anything, any final words you have for this year? Yeah, I would just say, you know, continue to pray for me this weekend as we talk about giving. And I'm going to talk specifically about the issue of tithing and why I tithe. 
and really lay that out to the church. And hopefully people will respond and God will do great things in our church because the reality is you can't do anything for God if there's not funding for God. That's, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just the truth. And uh, that's always been true and will always be true. So be praying for that and be praying for our series start that starts in January motivated. I'm super excited about that and uh, super pumped. And we just looked at the artwork and that's coming through and we're just really, really going to get motivated in 2020. Uh, think about 2020 vision, you know, God's word gives you vision and we're going to be challenging and rallying around this idea that we're all going to try to study God's word for 2020. And, and many people have never read God's word. They've never, they, they never they have very, very little or no understanding whatsoever about God's word. And we want you to be educated and we want you to know what it is that you say you believe. And so uh, this is the year that we want you to get motivated for God and God's word in your life. So be praying for that. I'm super excited and just love our church and feel very blessed. And again, for all of you guys who give, there's no Sandals Church without you. It does not exist. I am so grateful. I am so blown away at what people give, how they give, when they give, and it just, it blows my mind that we, you know, like I said, we had 11,200 people that just said yes to Jesus and to Sandals Church and gave. And that's just so incredible and and what we're able to do. And just know we work really, really hard to be smart with your money. And, and we, we work really, really hard to spend it well and to honor your gift, your sacrifice. And um, that's something that we do every year is, is how do we... Um, how do we spend less and do more? That's the question every single year. And uh, and I hope that you would start doing that in your own homes because when you do that, right, there's more margin, there's more room to give. And um, a lot of people want God to give them more money. And what God wants you to do is he wants you to give what you have to him and let him start handling that. Also, I would say on... Um, we have a special thing coming up in January. I think it's January is the 11th. Oh, the workshops? It's at 11, yeah, the workshops. Mm-hmm. And it's in January. And so be paying attention to that. Uh, we are bringing in a speaker and he's just really, really amazing. And it's going to be helping you specifically with uh, budgeting, financing. And one of the things we're going to talk about is how we can knock out the church debt here just in a couple of years. And that's one of the things I'm really excited about because imagine how different your life would be if you didn't have a house payment. Well, if Sandals Church doesn't have a debt payment, man, we could do a lot more things with our money. And so we're trying to figure out how to get debt free as a church. And we want to help a lot of you guys get debt free. And uh, so we can do this 500 churches thing. So yeah. be praying There's about actually that. details for that at move.sc slash finance event. There's already stuff on the website all about that and how you can sign up for it. It's free, right? Yeah, it's free. It's free. So. And I mean, we're, we're taking care of that and we want you to be there. And whether you're you're broke and you don't know how to manage money or you've done really well managing money and you want to think about how maybe to, to help the church end its debt. Um, that would be something that would be really, really cool. And and how you can leave the church uh, in your will uh, with your real estate. I mean, that's what Tammy and I do. When Tammy and I die, um, depends upon the age of my kids, but the church gets anywhere from 40% of our estate to 20% of our estate. And um, I want to know that when I'm standing before the Lord on judgment day, my money is still financing his kingdom. I told Tammy that I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be looking Jesus in the face where I'm like, you know, I just bought my kids a new car. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and I mean, you should take care of your family. You know, we're not a cult. We're taking care of our family. We're going to make sure that our kids are well taken care of. Um, but we want to take care of God's kingdom and God's church when we die. And so you're going to have an opportunity to figure out how to meet with uh, somebody who can help you set up um, like we do, um, you know, a will, a will and uh, a trust. So we have a trust and a will. And so the church gets 20%. So we're excited about that. And if you want to be a part of that, we would love to have you. If not, we still love you. So thanks for listening. Great job. Great to have you, Nick. It's yeah, good to be here. Yeah. Thank you. How do you say your last name? Ovaya. Ovaya. Yeah. Not La Jolla, like my Arkansas no, friends no. say La Jolla. <laughs> La Jolla. I get called Oval all the time. Oval? Nick Oval. Nick. 
Man, we're trying, dude. It's hard yeah. to be a white person. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. Thanks, Nick.